from the home office. Nobody from the home office has ever come out here. There's a new man in charge. He sent me. Sent you to do what? Tie up a few loose ends. Hello everyone, Matt here, and welcome to Looking Back at Lost. For all these many weeks, I have looked at episodes of ABC's Lost to see how they fit into the series as a whole. Today, our finale in three parts. First, feedback from you all, everybody out there. Then I'll discuss the new man in charge. And finally, we'll bring back Pete one more time to conduct the exit interview. To kind of transition into this final episode, it gives me such great pleasure to share this first message, which isn't feedback exactly. Uh, I had the opportunity to email none other than Mr. Jorge Garcia uh, to share my my thoughts about uh, the series as as this podcast wrapped up, to share some uh, of my, my thanks to him in terms of uh, the, the character and spirit that he imbued on the show. And uh, I was able to ask him a question in the email, and Mr. Garcia was so kind and gracious to take time out of his busy schedule to to share a response with me, and one that I think that is very uh, salient overall to to our discussion about the series. So here is the question that I sent to Mr. Garcia. I asked, when did you have a sense of Hurley being taken as a serious character, one who would ultimately be the top banana? And Mr. Garcia's response was, uh, quote, I thought Hurley was taken seriously when we saw he was connected to the hatch because of the numbers and being part of the Oceanic Six. He then goes on to say, when we knew there were five candidates left, Foxy and I joked that we were pretty sure it would come down to us. So thus is the the wonderful bit of insight shared by jorge garcia and and again i i, I thank him so profusely for, uh, for for having taken that time to to send me back a message um it is nonetheless some interesting insight uh hurley did start out certainly as a as a jokey character i think that we saw that even in some of some of the uh well whether it's early flashback stuff or or on island stories but um, I, I think it's just uh, so such interesting insight that uh, that Mr. Garcia kind of sees the character uh, being taken more seriously when uh, when the numbers are introduced, and then you know again with the Oceanic Six because there is a time there where, or maybe multiple times in the series where Hurley's importance. Uh, kind of comes and goes, where he's a bit more in the background or more in the foreground. And uh, I, I was going to say I agree. I, I, I'll, I'll, it, it's of no essence as to whether I agree or disagree. I'll, I'll take uh, Mr. Garcia at his word here that these are these are the two points when uh, when uh, the the character was ascendant towards that uh, that final place as the new man in charge. And uh, as to the second question here, that he would ultimately be the top banana. Uh, and here he's referencing having uh, discussed it with uh, Matthew Fox that with five left it would either be Jack or Hurley. Uh, I think we suspected that too, and uh, certainly that's something that we podcast uh, listeners and I that we've discussed that um, when Jack is made 
the the protector. There's kind of a bit of a moment where it's like, oh, wait, we're so close to the end, and I thought it would be Hurley. So, And I'll just repeat again what a thrill and honor that it was uh, for Jorge Garcia to take a moment to, to email me back. Uh, when it comes to him and podcasts, I first heard him call into the, the Lost Casts podcast back in 2005 or 2006, uh, a podcast that when we get to the uh, the interview portion of this episode, uh, I'll talk a bit more about it if you haven't heard me talk about it previously. And um, it was certainly a, 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 a modest call that he made. You know, it wasn't I am the great Jorge Garcia. It was just kind of within the, the lost fan community, the lost podcast community. And um, to have him grace my inbox uh, and to be able to share that, that email with all of you is certainly a, a gift that words cannot describe. So with that, we'll move on from, uh, from those highest of highs. And uh, I would like to share a call from a listener. Hi, Matt. This is Nancy in Oklahoma. And I have arrived a little late at the party. I discovered Lost on Netflix this past winter. And, of course, when you discover the most awesome television show ever, and it's been off the air for three years, it's kind of hard to find somebody to talk to about it. So I have really enjoyed your podcast. Um, I've appreciated it being in real time now and not recorded, you know, three years ago. Um, you... Uh, do a great job uh, week after week for all this time. I'm, I'm very impressed. So thank you for all the work. Um, I've enjoyed it tremendously. Bye. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for uh, for calling in, for leaving that message. It, uh, one of the joys of the podcast, and it's a joy that I've been uh, increasingly aware of, let's say in the last calendar year or the last six months or, or that sort of thing, but the, you know, we live in this busy world. We live in this world where we're all kind of connected online and whatnot. But are we connected? You know, it's kind of that, you know, we're, we're kind of as a society unsure of the connections that we have. Um, but to have, have had these connections from someone like you, Nancy, calling from Oklahoma, from people who are tweeting from uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, people who are being in touch overseas, people who are listening from the other continents of the globe. It really, it's been so, um, so absolutely flattering. And Nancy, it's absolutely fantastic that you've been able to, to pick up the show after it's airing. That's, I think, also a positive of the, the place that we're at in entertainment now. But anyhow, before I wax eloquent about that, Nancy, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, with that, I would like to share a tweet from Joe Rogan. No, it's not the one from TV, though. Uh, but he said, thanks for the time and effort you put into each episode. We'll listen for years to come. That certainly is uh, touching indeed there, Joe. I, I hope that people continue to find the podcast, re-listen to the podcast, and enjoy it. For no, not for my fame, not for my glory, just because this is something that, uh, that has been such a pleasure to share with you all. Anyhow, moving on to a longtime listener, an email from Marty, who said, just finished listening to The End Part 2. Beautiful job, man. Wanted to pass along my thanks for taking me along for the ride. Makes me wonder when I'll take the journey again. Truly uplifting, thought-provoking, and memorable. Thank you. Well, Marty, you raise an interesting question there. When, 
you know, when you'll take the journey again. It did cross my mind as I got done watching The New Man in Charge last night in anticipation for this final episode. I said, well, when will I watch Lost again? I'm not particularly in a rush. I'm not going to get done with this and go back to Pilot Part 1. I'm ready for a bit of a break, but I kind of I look forward to that hunger returning just as it did in that time in between uh, May 2010, the finale, and then it kind of came back and the series reappeared or appeared for the first time on, on Netflix uh, in, I think, December 2010, might have been November. Uh, so I, I guess the the re-rewatch awaits us all, right? Anyhow, I also got an email from Charity who said, congratulations on a job well done. I'll miss having weekly podcast updates, but now I can go through the archives and find episodes I may have missed. Best luck on your next endeavor. That from Charity in Tampa. It certainly is my intention, one and all, for this podcast to remain on online ad infinitum. That's part of the reason why some of the uh, future podcast projects, uh, Star Trek Essentials, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by PH Geek, both of those, uh, in addition to just the fun of it, um, I'm continuing to pay a modest fee to keep uh, the podcast online. Uh, this podcast to keep the the storage and the bandwidth and all that. So, figure while I'm paying for it, let me keep uh, keep playing in the sandbox. And as the feedback starts to wrap up here, uh, a couple of tweets from Tim, who says, "Excellent work on the podcast. It has been a wonderful journey. Your insights into Lost have been very insightful. I hope you keep up the good work. I and many others will be tuning into your podcast efforts in the future." Thank you very much, Tim. I've mentioned Star Trek Essentials and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Certainly hope people join me over there uh, in those uh, forthcoming adventures. Anyhow, penultimately, a tweet from Jamie Piper who says, Thank you, Matt, for your intelligent and interesting look at Lost. It's been a joy and a pleasure. We'll miss looking back at Lost. Well, I know as, uh, as the podcast truly is about to enter its middle segment here after one more bit of feedback, it uh, it will be missed by me as well. Uh, the last bit of feedback that I will share now is from uh, Andy in Glasgow, who says, As a regular listener from day one, I'm sad to see it go. Andy goes on to say, Absolutely superb podcast. Recently recommended it on the Lostpedia forums. Good luck on your next venture. Andy, that, that certainly means so much that, uh, that you'd be... Uh, spreading the news of the podcast, particularly now that it's now that it's done, the thought that you know there might there's going to be some new listener out there who can just tear through it uh, at, at breakneck speed. There was one last uh, email which I want to share at the very end. It's not some big reveal, certainly you know that there's there's no star brighter that's going to suddenly come out of the woodwork. Uh, you know, having shared Mr. Garcia's email is the 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 height in that regard, but. It was an email that when I read it, I said, this is the perfect discussion to wrap things up on. So we'll save that for the, for the very end. Next, let's now talk about the new man in charge, what I like to look at as episode 619. Uh, yes, it's short. Yes, it was DVD only. But I think that if you're a fan of the series, and surely you are at this point after all these episodes... Um, it might not be wonderful the first time you see it, but it it, it it's it really is uh, it's it's a fitting uh, 
I don't want to say conclusion. The series concluded on its own in the end. But it's 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 a nice little extra bonus. It's a nice little wrap-up of a couple of things. So with that, here is the summary for the episode, a, a pared-down summary. Sometime after the events of The End, Ben visits two Dharma Initiative workers in a warehouse in Guam. Later, Ben arrives at Santa Rosa Mental Health Institute and visits Walt. With that, we'll now, for one last time, friends, get into my thoughts about the episode. The episode opens at the Dharma warehouse in Guam. The very first shot is of a printing press deliciously spitting out those iconic Dharma labels. On-screen text identifies this as the present. That's right, in the present, where Dharma pallets are being loaded. The answer to the mystery of where and when do these drops come from has finally been revealed to be as outside of the island and now. The workers' idle chit-chat is interrupted by Ben, looking appropriately smooth and calm. He is, after all, the best, number two. He plainly says he's from the mysterious home office and that the Dharma drop is being shut down. Now, Lost was always about characters first, and even here, with tall Dharma guy and bearded Dharma guy, they get their moment as tall guy's lower lip almost quivers at the shock of having lost his job of 20 years. Bearded guy looks stunned as he wonders what they'll do. Ben has, of course, a solution, and a wonderful one at that, an envelope filled with many, many hundred-dollar bills. And with that, the answers start to flow. Work with the Dharma Initiative? The Dharma Initiative hasn't existed in almost 20 years. That's not true. We still get a teletype before every drop. It's automated. It comes from the lamppost station in L.A. There hasn't been a person posted there since you two started. That's why the man in charge has me going around closing up shop. Lamppost station? I've already said more than I should have. Before you leave, please lock the doors and turn off the lights. Wait! You, you can't just walk out of here. We deserve answers! It's towards the end of that clip that the interplay becomes clear. These guys, the goofy, dumb workers, they are us. They are the petulant and demanding audience, ones who want more even after the end. It's a great little gag that it seems Ben is just about to walk out giving nothing. It is, of course, done completely tongue-in-cheek, given that we've just started this little mini-episode. And though this story is an epic, and may indeed fall down a bit, wilt a bit, at the claim of it being the little dessert after the big meal of the finale, this story does have an absolutely hypnotic effect. When bearded Dharma guy gets to ask his one question, he's actually able to ask two. Where do they send these supplies, and how does it get to an island at different coordinates each time? We are ahead of Ben, of course. The island moves. Here, we're able to switch from a petulant audience to the learned one. And despite his two questions, when Beardo asks how the island moves, Ben cuts him off. That answer we know only too well, of course. The tall guy's question is designed, I suspect, to make us laugh. How is there a polar bear in the tropics? Ah, 
That was the first concrete mystery that we had, albeit one that I think most of the hardcore fans answered with all the Dharma theorizing and alternate reality gaming and whatnot in season two leading to season three. But Ben merely pulls out a binder filled with Dharma information, including a series of discs. Discs that we'll never see, save for one more little bit. Which, come to think of it, is rather like this little episode. It's more story out there, presumably. This episode is about telling us that there's more story out there, but we only get this one little bit. I'm sure that this must be an intentional move, particularly as the producers, vis-a-vis Ben, tell the audience, us and the Dharma guys, that we get this small addition, and then that is going to be it. It's a transfer from an old Betamax. Ah, one last glorious Dharma video. Hello, I'm Dr. Pierre Chang, and this is the orientation video for Station 1 of the Dharma Initiative, the Hydra. For purposes of security, please do not divulge my name to any outside parties. I will not have to resort to using an alias in the future. The chief purpose of this station is to conduct biological and behavioral research on various animal, bird, and marine subjects. Well, here are some of the duties you may be asked to perform. With both very inside baseball references to the Hurley Bird and the idea that Chang will change his name in future videos now behind us, the video explains that adaptable, smart polar bears will be used in electromagnetic study. The video takes us through the linear use of the bears, train their brains, knock them out, put on the leather collar, then send it to the orchid, code for sending it whooshing through space and time to the Tunisian desert. There's one little extra reference to making sure that pregnant female bears don't go to the orchid station due to magnetism not working well with pregnancy, as of course we well know. The orientation video then goes to room 23, which, it is revealed is there to understand the hostile natives, and in a wonderful bit of throwaway humor, to understand their infatuation with that native island deity, Jacob. At this point, the video starts to get a tad long. The Room 23 magic is shown, the lights and sounds and flashes and all that. It's explained how it loopholes around the truce, since natives are injected with a forget-me-not serum. And... Alas, a quick look at the clock shows that we're now at four and a half minutes left to the entire series. The video ends, the workers are stunned, as we were so many times, but at least we can answer the tall guy's questions, you know, what do they do with the bears, what's a hostel? With that, Ben leaves and makes another call to Santa Rosa. Hello, I'm here to see Keith Johns. Are you on his visitors list? No, but I'm sure if you give him this note, he'll want to see me. We, of course, first see Ben at that memorable front desk of the hospital. And as Ben makes his way into the game room, the reveal is wonderful. A Connect Four game, with the player's fingers sneaking out from underneath to reveal... Hello, Walt. It's funny that even at this point in the series, in these waning minutes... 
the series still gives itself a quick bit of recap, referencing Walt's kidnapping. And here, too, Ben, the new Ben, number two Ben, seems truly remorseful and humble in accepting his mistakes. Then we get to the matter of answering one more mystery. I know the difficulties you've had pretending to be someone that you're not. The statement seems almost unfinished. So Walt has taken the name of Johnson. Who cares? What difference does it make? There is, of course, some more. Walt, I'm here to help you. Why? Because you're special. And I bet nobody's told you that in a very long time. What good does that do me? We need you. You have work to do. Starting with helping your father. My father's dead. Doesn't mean you can't help him. So many episodes of Lost ended with the story being propelled into next week. And here we have, for the final time, the step into next week's story. Albeit with no show to explore that story. By the time this episode was first seen, many months after the show's conclusion, I think that we had come to understand Michael's absence from the final church scene, although it was an absence that we felt nonetheless. Uh, however, that overarching uh, understanding of him being trapped on the island was, was something that we had accepted from his final episode. Here, though, we're getting the offer for one more son and one more father to find redemption together and on the island, no less, as well as a yes or no answer to the question of Walt being special. Yes, he is. Why? Well, there's too little story to explain that. How is he special? The series is almost over, but that he is special, that he was special in those early seasons, it's all affirmed here. Ben hands Walt a Dharma granola bar as Walt and we all recall our past glories on that island. The story moves outside to a blue van, that blue, iconic Dharma van, which looks so familiar. Then it is truly time to end. Come on, it's okay. You ride shotgun. Dude. Early. It's great to see you, Walt. I kept hoping one day somebody would come back for me. I thought I was crazy. You're not crazy, dude. Not even close. You just need to get back to the island, that's all. It's where you belong. It's where you've always belonged. Why? Let me talk to you about a job. All right, Ben. Let's get out of here. It's time for us all to go home. It is a final, final line that is so very filled with meaning. It's the show going home, the show stopping. And though this isn't quite the mythical giant ending we may have hoped for, there is, in seeing the new man in charge, 
one final gift. The story continues. Not in the sense that it need be filmed or written, but Lost, which relied on its audience to talk back to the show for six seasons. Lost gives us one final gift. We get to have the story continue for each of us in our own way, in our hearts. With that, let's now take one last look at Lostpedia for the bits and pieces I've missed. Lostpedia notes that the printout at the Dharma Logistics Warehouse states that the launch window, which is to say when this mini-episode starts, is on August 24th, 2010, the day the Season 6 DVD was released. That certainly is a, a nice little bit of planning on the part of the show. Lostpedia also notes that August 24th is Walt's birthday, so, happy birthday, Walt. Uh, lastly, Walt is going by the name Keith Johnson, having shared the same last name and initials as his late father's alias while on the freighter, that, of course, Kevin Johnson. With that, let me now bring into the podcast to conduct the exit interview, the one, the only, the, the guest voice who's helped us so much in the last month, I, of course, speak about Pete. Hello, Pete, and welcome back. Thank you, Matt. I've been waiting for you. Uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous here. I know that uh, we had a little discussion, you know, did I want to see the questions ahead of time? And uh, when we last did uh, an interview-type discussion for the, uh, the 100th episode of the podcast, uh, or I guess to note the 100th episode of the podcast, it, uh, I don't know, it was, it was kind of fun not knowing ahead of time. So uh, I am... I'm very curious to see what uh, what questions you're going to throw it uh, you know throw my way. Well, let's dive right in. Uh, firstly, how does it feel to be finished? Well, it's definitely bittersweet. Uh, I, I think I've been in a certain mode this summer where, certainly for the finale uh, episodes, um. That was a lot of work because there was so much content in those episodes. There was so much to talk about, so many clips and so forth. Um, where it's almost like the the on the one hand the desire to step back, to take a break, to to um, podcast differently than I've done uh, throughout this project. Um, the desire for that ha- has increased just because it's been been quite a bit of work. Um, then the flip side is just kind of the realization that this really has been coming to an end, that this is something that I've lived with as a, as a project week after week uh, for th- such a long time. And to know that, uh, you know, after you and I get done talking and a couple more, uh, you know, snips of editing here and there, it's just going to be done. Looking back at Lost will be, will be over. The project will be complete. So uh, I think probably when I click that final, you know, final button to turn it into the the final mp3 uh there may be uh there may be a frog in my throat as i do that <laughs> um doing an episode a week for 121 episodes of a tv show and i think the number that we've arrived at here you've done 132 of your own episodes uh it's quite an undertaking and considering too that you've actually recorded more content about the content you record about (laughs) why did you do it why did i do it consecutively no 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 why did you do this at all why did i do this at all well i guess you know i'm sometimes the kind of person who 
I enjoy a good plan, but I also recognize that um, to master a new skill, you need to jump in there and do it. And I had enjoyed the the Lost podcasts while the show was on. Uh, obviously, I'll mention one more time at the top of the list was Lost Casts, uh, which I was happy to see. Every episode is still up there uh, on lostcasts.com. So kind of I wanted to be one of those people. And uh, I just, you know, I wanted to master the, the world of podcasting. Um, I have memories of being, I don't know, seven or eight or nine. My grandma giving me kind of a fancy tape recorder that had its own microphone. You know, it was kind of like all for kids, but me and my friend making, you know, stupid, you know, we're going to beat our chests and pretend we're flying the helicopter doing the, the traffic report, that kind of thing. I wanted to do this, and I said, well, what's something that's big enough to, to, to do, big enough to stick with? And, uh, and it was lost. So uh, <laughs> I think in retrospect, I would say if there's people out there looking to, to undertake a similar uh, task, the breaks are really nice. <laughs> Like, I'm looking forward, Pete, to some of the podcasting projects that we have ahead of us, whether it's Star Trek Essentials, which is intentionally going to be very short seasons of six or seven episodes. That's going to be in and, and kind of all, you know, it could be recorded out of order and we're going to release when we're ready. There's not a, a timetable um, when you and I are podcasting uh, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In, in September. That'll be a slightly different pace that obviously will be weekly, but that's just going to be like. It's not going to be the authoritative, here's all that we can possibly know. It's going to be kind of, hey, watch it with us, you know, join the fun. A little bit more kind of improv instead of instead of um, preparation-oriented. This has definitely been a mammoth undertaking of work. This has been, um, it's been a good hobby. I mean, I'll put it like, I'll put it like that. Why did I do it? I guess part of it also is, um, I didn't particularly have a hobby, you know. I don't, I don't surf. I don't, uh, you know, make uh, wooden wooden ships inside bottles. I don't paint. Um, I kind of needed a hobby and said, well, "This is a good way to keep out of trouble." It's a fairly inexpensive way to keep out of trouble. Certainly compared to other hobbies, it's it's inexpensive. So it's kept me busy. I know that some of these weeks where. Uh, converse to kind of the idea of looking forward to a break some of the weeks that you and I have done the music episodes where I've kind of gotten the clips ready you've you've done a great deal of the work deciding what they are deciding the order and all that I've just kind of been like all right well the clips are ready I'm, I'm you know I'll be talking to Pete in two days to record it's kind of been like yeah, there's nothing really to podcast because I haven't wanted to do this episode until uh, you know, until a couple of days before before it needed to be uploaded. So, why did I do it? Sometimes you just have to dive right in and uh, and see what happens. And uh, I think it's been worth it. How did you do it? How did I do it? Well, there's a there's a there unfortunately is not some easy soup to nuts answer at all. Um, I, if you want to get a sense of the best, the the best uh, way that I do an episode each week, you can hop onto YouTube. You can search for "Looking Back at Lost," and uh, I don't think it's the first response, but like the second and third responses are part one and part two of a video I put together that I, I think I've mentioned on the podcast uh, previously. Basically, kind of chronicling what the process is, and I don't get into every nitty gritty. Hey, I had to download this program Soundflower that you know took forever to 
figure out how to set the settings and and so forth. But I do I do show the process. Uh, I was going to say briefly, but I think the video ended up you know, both parts combined ended up being something like thirty minutes total. Um, but just between watching the episode, taking the notes, recording the clips, um, then recording my dialogue, splicing the clips in. Um, it's up there on YouTube. It's it's definitely a ton of work, you know. Then there's the whole uploading it, and depending on how your upload site interfaces with iTunes, there can be issues sometimes. And it's all there's kind of. Luckily, we live in this age where the technology is very uh, accessible. Um, but I think, unlike, for example, we're all familiar with home publishing, whether it's Microsoft Word or Pages or Google Drive. That's so easy now because it's so ubiquitous. The world of podcasting is still, there's still a little bit of a nerd wall around it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to discourage anybody from giving this a try. But unlike Microsoft Word uh, or Pages or Google Drive, where you just kind of open it and go, there's the sheet of paper. All right, I want bold centered. I'm going to look for the bold thing and the centery lines. There's kind of not that direct thing for podcasting where you keep your data is separate from how you record it, which is separate from how it shows up on iTunes. Um, so <laughs> that's a that's a medium-length answer. If you want the long answer, definitely go to YouTube, search for Looking Back at Lost, and you can, uh, you can see my videos and ask me questions as they arise, dear listeners. <laughs> um, you know, any inspirations or influences uh, before or along the way? I know you mentioned the Lost cast, and that's your boy. Um, oh, goodness. Who was that again? Well, I, I, you might kind of be con confusing what, what were the two, at least in my mind. There certainly were many great Lost podcasts uh, when the show was on. In, in my scope, the, the greatest was Lost Casts, which uh, depending on who was there and depending on what point in their in you know in the series uh, was two or three, uh, sometimes four guys, I believe all in Texas. Um, they actually, as a side note, Pete, right now you and I are talking over Skype, which which we do many, many times uh, with uh, I think minimal if if uh, if any problem, um, kind of no sound loss or whatever. They were back back in the early days of 2000 when they started podcasting for the second season back in the early days back in the early days well they actually needed to get together there were there was a handful of episodes here or there where it'd be like oh jimmy bob got a flat tire coming to my house so we couldn't record today and like you just hear that and go oh, okay like it was no like well why didn't you skype why didn't you use google voice why didn't you this it was just it was the way it was so lost cast was number one and then number 1A uh, was the transmission, which is the one you're thinking of, uh, by Ryan in Hawaii yes. and, yeah. and his wife, Jen, which um, I, had, I heard about through them mentioning it on Lost Casts. They, on Lost Casts, they, they mentioned a, a friendly little rivalry, who's in the top, the iTunes top 100 uh, for podcasts this week, who's higher, this, that, the other. And... Um, Ryan and Jen definitely had a little bit more of a of a polished uh, take to the podcast. They would kind of do segments and intro and outro music from each segment. Um, my my podcasting uh, instinct comes from Lost Casts, which is to basically to do it 
to do it live to tape, to do it with not a lot of um, well, as you and I, as you would know, Pete, as we've had discussions on some previous podcasts, like the Revolution podcast and the Alcatraz podcast. I I recognize the Alcatraz podcast. I don't remember that other show that you mentioned before. I believe that was the name of a Beatles song, though. Yes, yeah, so well, we'll we'll just focus on the uh, on the the great gray lady, the the Alcatraz podcast. Um, it took some discussion for me to kind of be okay with segments. I think just because I was from this, just kind of read off, read your loose notes off a paper and just kind of let rip and have it be conversational. Um, well, listeners will be happy to know we'll be back to a segmented hybrid with <laughs> the um, the uh, the um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Well, you know, I've come around to see particularly... See, here's the big difference. Here's the difference. I've never... Uh, pardon me, before... Uh, I guess before before the Alcatraz podcast, I had never podcasted a show that um, was still on the air. Now, even though I was releasing week to week, and that was always the goal, um, it's still a little bit different when it's like, hey, I need to watch the episode one day and like take the notes and then do clips and record another day. So I potentially could do that, you know, uh, 48 hours before the episode needs to drop. Or I could potentially do – I could do two in one week. I, there have been some times where I've had uh, you know, a, a trip ahead of me or whatever where I've done four or five in one week just to kind of get them done and get some breathing space. Um, when you have a segment, when you have segments, you know where to fit your thoughts in. Mm -hmm. And I think that that – when you're doing a show, quote-unquote, live, by which I mean to say you know, it's new, it's on each week, and you don't have next week's episode before next week um, – yeah, you need those segments, I think, to kind of help keep you oriented, especially if there's a ton of mythology um, for a show like Lost where you you want to do the characterization this week. You want to talk about the story arc so far and you want to talk about the mythology from the show as a whole and you want to talk a little bit, you know, a little bit about who are these strange people creeping through the jungle with a teddy bear. You know, like you need to fit all of that in somewhere. So, Pete, I want to thank you for helping uh, – Helping make me a segmented person. <laughs> Anytime. Um, how do you think, having mentioned those other podcasts before, how do you think that looking back at Lost differs from those other Lost podcasts and other podcasts in general? Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm regretting not looking at these questions ahead of time. I, th I think, well, obviously the one difference that almost goes without saying is that this is a rewatch versus um, them kind of, uh, you know, riffing on theories as, as they come up. Um, I have strived in this podcast to, to be, uh, I don't want to word this carefully, so I'm not too, you know, I don't sound too arrogant. I, I've, I've tried to make looking back at lost my authoritative view of lost. I certainly never claim to include everything, but I think that as a rewatch podcast, it just shouldn't, it should be a bit more than like, yeah, you know what? I I forgot that Sawyer, that his, uh, the mom and the dad died. Like, I just, that blew me away when I watched the episode. If it did blow you away, how about, I, I tried to imbue a bit more authority. You know what? Season six, I made a big mistake. I said, oh, we never do meet Jack's wife in the flash sideways. Well, his ex-wife. Well, it was Juliet. I goofed. 
And I, I tried to have a little bit of fun of that, you know, kind of within the authority saying, oh, I might have suggested otherwise. Yeah, I outright suggested otherwise. Um, as for how it, like, let's say how it differs from podcasts in general now. If you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in doing a podcast at some point, I think you're more than welcome to do a podcast on anything with any level of technology you want. That said, it is not difficult to make a podcast sound pretty good. It's gotten, frankly, to the point, and I don't mean to sound arrogant here, when I hear pledge drives on you know, my local classical music station or NPR or non-liberal version of NPR, whatever that is, I just can't, when they're, or, you know, here, I frankly, when I hear other podcasts, they're kind of radio podcast hybrids, and they're saying, oh, this person. Broadcasts, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear them saying, you know, oh, well, it's produced by this, and assistant, the assistant is that, I'm sitting here going, I don't, I'm not as smart as you, guy who's doing, you know, this podcast or that podcast on, uh, you know, science or math or whatever, but I'm not as smart as you about those things, but we sound the same. I'm sitting here with a $100 microphone um, and software that came with my Mac. If you, if you have Apple, if you have Windows stuff, there's free Windows sound editors too. I mean, as an Apple person, I think I would, would guess they're not as nice or good or whatever, but at the end of the day, they probably get the job done just fine. There's free software on the internet. I said to somebody on, on Twitter a couple days ago, you can have any level of technology you want. And I said, wait, the only crime that you can commit, and I hope I hope I don't step on any toes here for, for listeners, but the only crime that you can commit in my eyes for a podcast is if you're doing a podcast through TalkShoe, which I believe with TalkShoe, here's how a TalkShoe podcast would go, Pete. Uh, I set up whatever on the webpage, and then you and I both call in from our phones, and like TalkShoe records it and turns it into an MP3. That's just lazy. That's yeah, just lazy. Skype is. is free. The microphone I have is a $100 microphone. The microphone you have, I lent you. It's from Rock Band. I, you know, you can get Rock Band microphones for $10 at, at you know, your local used video game place. There, are, there have been music episodes, Pete, that I'm sitting here going, how does Pete sound better than me? My microphone costs 10 times the amount. <laughs> so, it was, you know... Was I? Did I spend too much on the microphone? Eh, I don't know. It made me made me happy. I've gotten good sounds, whatever. But if how how is this podcast different? It's different because um, I take the sound of it very very seriously. Whether it's the music clips, I mean, I've spent I for for our upcoming. I don't mean to hawk our upcoming stuff. Although I did get a lovely email that I, I mentioned at the at the top of the podcast before you joined us, Pete, uh, from uh, from someone who said, you know, good luck in your future endeavors. Pete, I spent probably eight minutes fiddling with the sound for one of the episodes of our upcoming Star Trek Essentials podcast, just getting the, getting the, how it fades in right and fiddling with this. I love that stuff. And I, I don't know that it comes across. I don't know that people sit and listen and go, ooh, the, the way that you faded in there on Giacchino's music really was excellent. But, Hopefully the craft is is present to to you on some level. So I guess that's that's that. I, how is it different? I really have a passion for making it sound good, for making it be as authoritative as possible. And uh, my passion in this, this is all, I'm I'm the number one critic of this podcast. I'm the number one fan. And uh, if I'm happy, hopefully you are too. 
what would you say that looking back at lost legacy will be um well i'll tell you what popped into my head which is a slight crib of the the lost casts um uh claim to fame or subtitle or whatever their 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 saying was uh actually no i'm i'm misremembering it slightly so let me just answer the question directly although isn't it nice lost casts still popping into my head after all these years hopefully this was the thinking man's the thinking person's rewatch podcast um i think that the conversations uh i've had with the kind of you know the mythical you the audience i think have been good the feedback that i've gotten from people have oftentimes uh elevated the discussion and um I, I, hopefully it's that. Hopefully it is. Hopefully this podcast can be looked at as an authority, not the authority, but an authority on the show from a from a, a multitude of views, not just the story, not just theories, uh, also some of the production ends, you know, casting and lighting and uh, the way the the way the internal story works, you know, taking into account the acts and how a teaser act has to hook you in and how there's the the hook at the end of the episode to propel things forward for next week um hopefully it kind of has taken a a whole world not to sound pompous but kind of a whole production view uh costuming sound effects music hopefully all of that has been uh touched on if not you know it certainly isn't the lost costume designer podcast you know but hopefully all of that has kind of been touched on throughout these uh, these many episodes a lot has changed for you personally since you began you were an expectant father now you're the father of a toddler um how has that experience shaped looking back at lost well i knew i knew something was uh wrong with my podcasting acumen when uh, the, the day that my daughter was born at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, it was about 7 or 8 a.m. when I left the hospital, you know, when everything was settled and peaceful and all that. And I went home for, you know, uh, a quick little kind of recharge and, and all that. And as I was driving home, having been up, uh, I, I can't do the math off the top of my head, but having been up something like uh, – 20 hours and obviously 20 busy hours as i was driving home i was saying i have to be sure to to like publish the podcast today it was all recorded and all that but i was like i gotta i gotta be sure to just you know push that button so it so it gets uploaded and i remember i went home i did that and i started to feel sick and i realized it was my body telling me you need to lay down right now and if you don't you're going to vomit so i kind of clicked publish and put my head down and as i was i was saying is this the right priority here? Um, flip side is that episode will live in infamy, whichever whichever one it is. We'll let the you know we'll let the the audience at large wonder which one it is. But uh, certainly that has changed. I guess it's kind of it's my hope one day that um, this this little hobby that I have um, learned doing looking back at Lost, hopefully. I mean, I, I, the plan is for it to be online ad infinitum. Um, it would be, it would be really cool if one day she discovers it. You know, we we watch the whole length of Lost, and they say, "Oh, by the way, now that we, you know, oh hey, so they were dead in that whole sixth season. Who knew? Hey, by the way, let me show you a little something. 
looking back at lost.podbean.com. Check this out. Check out what your old dad did back in the day. Um, that certainly would be nice. I'd say, too, how uh, to, to kind of, you know, now that family has been addressed, the the mastering of podcasting, or at least the partial mastering, um, has been a springboard for some of the some of the projects, some of the other podcast projects that uh, that you and I have done. I mean, certainly the Alcatraz podcast wouldn't have been possible without just the the the, the technical things I learned from looking back at Lost up to that point, um, and then you know, in the weird kind of twisty twistingness of things, through that we get to you know briefly get 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 a short but wonderful email from jorge garcia i'm able to hang on to that uh email address which i don't think is a particular you know it certainly isn't his inner sanctum email address but able to hang on to that reach out to him as this podcast is concluding you know be able to have him share a couple of thoughts which we uh you know which i led the podcast with uh, before uh, before you joined uh so certainly there's that i never would have gotten an email from jorge garcia without um without the meandering path that, that started with looking back at Lost and has gone to some other TV show properties and now kind of comes back to that. So certainly has been it's been quite a quite a journey. How have uh Lost themes resonated um, you know, family as a father now? You know, you've been podcasting <laughs> about this show every week and, you know, daddy issues in particular. Right. Um, I, you know what, I, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to laugh and I don't mean to take away from the power of your question. Uh, the short answer is <laughs> I have not pondered any, any intersection and I laugh because I know why I haven't, uh, because I'm there in a way that Christian Shepard isn't, right. I'm there in a way that, you know, Colonel Sam Austin, uh, it w- was not there. Uh, I'm there in a way, you know, like. I like to think I'm a better, not even like to think, you know what, there's no, no need for modesty now. I am a better parent than every parent that we saw on Lost. None, wow. no, no exceptions come to mind, you know. Um, I'm not, I'm, you know, if my kid wins the lottery, I won't, I won't be spending that money uh, in her, you know, if, if that plane never gets found, you know, so on and so forth. So uh, if nothing else, Lost is, um, <laughs> it's a playbook for how not to interact with people. <laughs> okay. Uh was there ever a moment when you contemplated quitting? <sighs> I I I honestly want to say no. I think just because because I had wanted to do an ongoing podcast for a while because I had had the bump the first bumpy start um Doing a doing a, a rewatch podcast on the the Spartacus TV series with my wife and finding out that I'm not a good uh, co-host equal co-host while supervisory executive producer of a podcast uh, with my wife um, and so that kind of fizzled a little bit and then trying to get somebody uh, to do a Walking Dead podcast and. <laughs> The, the guy apparently checked out of life like no one a week after we recorded our preview episode he completely disappeared from multiple people uh i mean not in a in a duplicitous way but just kind of like took a took a left turn in his life or something the biters got him i guess so a part of me wonders what would have happened 
because like I was I was there I was at the Walking Dead table back when nobody back before it was anything I don't know what the ratings were for that first season but they weren't what they are now they weren't the most watched show in the the 18 to 49 demographic on TV period you know would I have something that I've yearned for and Pete something that hopefully you and I at least we have a shot at achieving with the Agents of Shield podcast is I'm not in this for the money there's no there's no profit mechanism for podcasting i mean there's kind of like if you're way up at the top you can do ads but even then i mean you know you know the world of advertising internet advertising is especially savvy if i say you know here's promo code looking back at lost one well they know how many people are inputting the promo code so if it's five they're gonna go all right here's your you know nickel go away um i do wonder though pete what would have happened to me and and uh, that uh, that I guess he's still a friend. We didn't stop being friends. He just stopped existing as a functioning human human being. But what you know, would I have been some you know Walking Dead podcasting rock star? Eh, I don't know. We we'll see with Agents of Shield. Um, what do you feel uh, was looking back at Lost's best moment? I think probably the finale. For a variety of reasons, obviously the podcast, the show, the the TV series has always been about story first, and that's the the, the culmination of all those stories. Um, from a technical end, it uh, I think it was technically well put together in terms of the clips and how it was fading in and out and hitting certain emotional points. You know, the idea of clips is to when the show can hit something emotionally that I cannot me saying, you know, uh, and, and then, uh, I can't think of any bit of dialogue. Oh, me saying, um, Desmond says, uh, Oh yeah, I work for the church. You know, for me to describe that. Okay. That's pretty good to have him say it. This professional actor with the Giacchino music there and some sound effects, uh, is much greater. And then I can comment about that. So it was, you know, all these clips to choose from, the wonderful musical selections to kind of work around with. Something that I, I think it's a, a habit that I stumbled into uh, back with the the, the promo because you need to have something recorded to get onto iTunes. But in my mind, at least back then, you do a promo and let iTunes take a week to sort it out or whatever. So the very very first episode is, you know, the forty five second promo, and I had this great clip. From the end of uh, the end of the the third season finale, and I was like, "Ooh, I think there's enough space. If I just play the clip, I can talk around the dialogue and around the sound of the plane taking off and all that." And that's something that's a skill that started then. And then with the finale, there was a lot of that where I'm kind of like, "Ooh, they they're quiet for seven seconds." And I can see it when I look at the clip. I can see the waveform that they're quiet for seven seconds. So I'm going to say. Something I don't. I got to figure out something to say, but I want to preserve that whole two-minute clip of Sawyer and Juliet, you know, coming together and then having a quiet moment and looking at each other, and then obviously the look doesn't transfer to audio, so I'll say something. And so yeah, those two finale episodes definitely, um, definitely high quality. I'll mention too, Pete. In all in all sincerity, the music episodes that you, uh, you know. <laughs> If, if we were getting paid for this, you know, you would definitely deserve kind of co-executive producer credit for those. I thought that they had a, if, you know, if I put on the 
you know, the whatever. I'm the final guy to, you know, put put my name on the package or whatever you want to call it. Those music episodes, um, you were so good in your in your analysis. Uh, the 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 clips were such wonderful choices, and I feel like that was I I said to you, and and maybe this is arrogant, but you know what? It's my podcast. I'll say whatever I want. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing. You know, we're we're, we're playing ourselves out here. Um, I said, you know, if 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 the radio station, whatever that might be, came calling one day and said, "Hey, we heard your podcast. You know, give us an episode." to uh evaluate you know professionally i'd say boom listen to pete and i talking about the music doesn't need to be a music podcast that you need that we need to talk about it could be anything but this is this is the height of it all so couldn't have uh, you know nobody does it alone pete thank you it's uh high praise indeed <laughs> uh so maybe turn it back a little bit to the series itself uh, that you podcast about what's your favorite episode of lost well i've i've spent time thinking about that for the um for the 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 live uh the live blog episode that as we record this has yet to happen but probably by the time most people are listening to this it already has occurred um i i, I chose for us whoever shows up uh to to do a watch along live blog thing for uh for everybody uh, everybody hates uh maybe i should get the episode title right everybody hates hugo and uh, that's probably my favorite for a bunch of reasons really really strong uh uh flash story you know, in this case a flashback um compelling island story and then in my book probably the best uh the best closing act of an episode that reveal of bernard where i think most people did not anticipate bernard being white and there's just kind of this moment where the show almost transcends you know its own narrative of oh there's people in the jungle and there's a monster and there who are these people and it's kind of like the show holds a mirror up to the audience and says forget plane crash and monsters and who's the runaway and who's the this and where's the gun and polar bears you didn't think two pe- you didn't think that these two people could be these two pe- two people and it really holds a mirror up to the audience which the best of of drama does um that's probably my favorite episode um i mean the, obviously the constant is up there and some some of the heavy hitters but i think I think that episode is probably, in my mind, the most uh, the most perfect episode. Probably second place would be the Moth, the Charlie episode, mm-hmm. where his sideways is racing to the uh, his sideways is racing the uh, the island story to the top to the climax. Right, and it's only at that very last moment where you see the last sideways, uh, the last flashback rather of Charlie. Where oh he has something to atone for, back to the island and now he does. Um, that's that's a level of symmetry. That's a level of uh, flash world and island story talking to each other that I don't think the show ever quite uh, hit again. Just in terms of it hitting absolutely perfectly, where it's one takes a step, one takes a step back and forth, back and forth to both reach the same point at the exact same moment. Do you have a least favorite episode of Lost? Um, I think that's 
that's got to be uh it's got to be stranger in a strange land um actually no no you know i take that back that episode is so bad that it at least gives you something to to talk about um that's why there's the whole world of you know uh goofing on goofing on shows right you know um it's so bad it's good you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing there's the um uh, I can't, I'm blanking on the title at the moment. You might be able to remember it while I also try and look it up online. Uh, Further Instructions yeah, um, is uh, episode 303. And, you know, a concern of mine, let's say for the middle, I don't know, middle chunk of episodes for the podcast, once it wasn't quite as new and shiny anymore, when when it wasn't, you know, the, the, the hatch, you know, and all that, it a concern of mine was, am I always giving 100%? I want to be a mirror for the show. If it's not a great episode, okay, we'll talk about why. I'm not going to be as enthusiastic as a season finale. But um, I remember getting done with further instructions and going, I have three clips. I just watched that thing through. Like, I didn't have to pause while I have all these thoughts in my head and type them out. What just happened? Was this, was I not paying attention? And no, it's just nothing happens in that episode. It is just 42 minutes of stuff and talking and let's go get Echo, but Echo's not talking. And then we get him out of the bear thing and throw a fireball at the bear. And that's kind of it. Um, At least Stranger in a Strange Land, you can go, oh, she's there's some line in Stranger in a Strange Land where she's like, you know, oh, can you taste the salt on my lips or something like that? And you're going, oh, this is awful. Um and there's, you know, all the business with the, you know, Juliet's tattoo and Jack's tattoo. And you're just going, at least you're able, even if you're only talking to yourself, you're going, oh, this stinks. This is awful. That's a bad choice. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Further instructions, you just get done and you're like, okay, I saw an episode of Lost. That's that's the worst thing. You know, let, let's be passionate about the show. The things that we hate, we can hate. But if you have no reaction, that's that doesn't even indicate a – how do you fix that? How do you fix – on engagement. So that's the worst episode in my book. Would you say that that would also be the toughest episode to podcast about? I mean, in a sense, in that I want the product to be as good as it can be. And if there's not a lot there, if there's a lot of bad there, you can talk about what might have made it good. You can say this dialogue was bad. Um, I mean, the flip side is if there's not a lot there, then you just kind of have shorter notes. Like, I, I genuinely feel that, that you know, if there have been, if, if I've podcasted these 121 hours of the show, I like to think that for at least 110 of them, if not more, that it's been the same high effort on my part. Uh, and if that's the case and the, uh, the episode is a little bit lacking, all right, well, that's when I look at the little you know, recording timers, I go and go, Ooh, I'm starting to move into the last act of the episode. I'm already, it's like, I'm at the 31 minute mark. Like, really? I just did a finale a couple weeks ago. That was like, you know, it was like an hour and 15 minutes. What happened? How is this so different? Well, there's just less there. Uh, if you're okay with that, like if you're like, there's just less there, I have less to talk about. Then the note taking is easy. The, the, the clip recording is easy. The, recording of the conversation is easy so so i guess that's a long way of saying the most difficult episodes to 
put together in the podcast are the ones that are the best episodes because you want to do those episodes justice and they're going to be long and you have to set extra time aside and there's going to be a ton of clips and there's just more there there what would you say the best season of lost itself is and then your best season um I think season two remains my favorite just because the wonder of that Dharma stuff as it's slowly being revealed. Uh, I'm never going to be able to rewatch those episodes uh, without being transported back to just that maddening feeling. The pace in season two starts slower. And then when you have the whole kind of henry gale stuff he's out of the gun locker eating cereal like that portion of the series it just grinds to a halt and you love it and you hate it because there's so much going on he's going oh uh charlie's going to look for the balloon huh well uh what if they don't find a balloon you're like will you just find the stupid balloon please well that's next week's adventure when they find the balloon um that was so wonderful revisiting probably the best episode podcast wise though was probably season six just because there was that much extra uh skill under my belt and then to really kind of have the end in sight the story is slowly getting pulled there's the there's a there's a there's a current to the story that runs in season six that there isn't in seasons two three four and five because they're in the middle of their story starting with you know starting with uh, Jack on the Plane in LAX Part 1. Uh, you might not know it when you first view it, but you know that's that moment there is what I choose to interpret as um, what happens after the end of the show. Jack closes his eye, and then his consciousness fades away, and then unbeknownst to him, he's now looking out the window of, uh, of the, the sideways plane. Um, so there's... There's plenty to talk about in season six, even though I think there's times that the sideways world is a little bit of a delay to get to the end. Um, there still is just so much there to talk about, plus the music, plus the different, the returns of all our favorite characters. So there you go. Season six, hopefully my, uh, my best podcasted season. If you were a character on Lost, who would you be? Oh, wow. Wow, Pete. That's a heck of a good question. Uh, although an easy one. It took me a second to think it through, but an easy one. Definitely Desmond. I think he, in many ways, at least of the of the major characters, he's the only one that's not, not fundamentally broken. I mean, there's a certain, you know, they're all broken to a certain degree. He certainly isn't Charlie with the drug addiction. He's not, uh, you know, Echo with, with a bloody past on his hands. Uh, Kate having murdered, so on and so forth. Um... Desmond strives to do the right thing the the whole time. I'm certainly not. Uh, I don't achieve that. I like to think that I, I, I some of the time anyway, I, I'm, I'm attempting that. But um, somebody, you know, he's somebody who uh, I think is is unafraid of confronting. Uh, uh, a range of emotions when necessary. I'm not an overly emotional person, but I, you, know, you think of, oh, Jack allowed some tears in the in in, in the, the the jungle. Oh, it's this big moment for him. Well, 
Desmond, when he feels trapped, he's pondering. You know, he's he, he's letting the when he feels trapped in in the uh, the hatchet is to say, he's he opens his heart to the totality of his situation as he knows it and is able to 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 let all that in and try and sift through it. I mean, I'm obviously not saying that the solution is you know to use Rudzinski's shotgun, but um, that kind of he's just. Uh, willing to throw himself at the world and i don't i don't i don't necessarily have i not even necessarily i don't have that spirit innately but i i would like to have that i'd like to be the desmond and you know at the end of the day you get the girl that's that's uh, (laughs) that's what we all want right would you do looking back at lost again and if so what would you have changed would you do you mean would i do it again if i knew what this would all entail Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not. I can't imagine this being a good idea if I knew. Not that it's been, you know, it hasn't been a difficult, you know, week in, week out. It's been the same type of thing week in and week out. But if I knew the totality of it, I think it kind of would, you know, would have been overwhelming. But sometimes you just have to do that solo boat race around the world and you, you, you find your way along the way. Um, I'm sorry. The second part of your question was what? It's I, I got caught in my change? own cute metaphor. What would I change? I would start with the better microphone. Um, I listen back to the the earlier episodes now, and I uh, don't particularly like the sound. Um, I, the content is better than I thought. Certainly, the shorter episodes. I mean, if I went back right now, if you and I got done talking, and I said I'm going to watch pilot part one and do notes. I like to think I get more than 25 minutes out of it, including clips. Um, but the content is pretty good. I certainly didn't know the technical end. Like I was back then, I was recording clips by playing them out of the speakers while recording through the internal microphone in the laptop. Now there's some program where it's just like it automatically plays it inside the computer. So there's no kind of, you know, it's not kind of going outside, out into the air. It's just takes what you're playing and automatically records it as you go. Um, ultimately, though, I don't think I would change too much. I I like the pact that I made with the listeners back before there was a single one, you know, as I was putting it together. The pact was, you're not going to have to miss this podcast. You're not going to have to be without it for more than a week. Um, that's something that I distinctly remember from those great lost podcasts that, Look, if they're taking a break in between, you know, when the show isn't on for eight weeks or the summer, that I understand. But I always felt a little, uh, a little brokenhearted, if that's not uh, an oxymoron, when it was like, oh, wow, what a great finale. Okay, see you in September. Like, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a pact with the audience where at least check in, at least do a little something to kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, check in with your audience. So I'm I'm glad in that regard, even though it's been it's been a chore and I'm looking forward, as I said earlier, to kind of uh, being able to do what appears to be a weekly podcast by sometimes, you know, recording in chunks or, you know, whatever it might be with uh, with the Star Trek Essentials podcast. Um, I like that there's been this uh, this this weekly production that is, is out there for the for the audience. Um, Lost's 10-year anniversary is next fall, uh, 2014. Any plans? 
Well, I know that I know that the, many a cool kid is going to the uh, there's going to be something which is still being put together uh, in Hawaii because I am a teacher. There's absolutely no way that you know in the third week of September I could go to Hawaii. Forget the finances for a moment. Let, let's say I you know let's say I won the won the lottery with those uh, those special numbers. I just couldn't do it at that at that point in the year. Um, I was going to say, Matt, that that's the stuff of Kickstarters right there is get <laughs> get looking back to lost uh, in Hawaii because I'd put money on that right away. I hold out hope that next year one of the big um, convention companies, whether it's Creation Entertainment that does a lot of the Star Trek stuff. They also do, you know, some Supernatural and Xena and stuff like that. And doesn't um, honor press credentials of any kind. <laughs> um, or Read Pop that puts on uh, New York Comic Con or the San Diego people. That, that is somebody... tremendously welcoming to journalists. Read Pop is? Very much so. Uh, Read Pop is also tremendously welcoming to teachers as well. I don't. I think that they don't like it to be said too directly and i will honor that but with a new york comic-con ticket they help teachers out and we'll leave it at that it's it's nothing it's nothing hidden you don't need to say the secret code if you're a teacher you can find it on the new york comic-con website just fine and you can apply with your teacher credentials they take care of they take care of teachers um if one of that if i heard hey 10th anniversary of lost at uh san diego comic-con next year i would I would jump into that if it was New York, if it was going to be in Chicago or, you know, Duluth or wherever I would go um, just to whether it was going to be kind of like this is the official one and we don't know if there's any guests or whether it's going to be the full on, you know, the way a lot of the Star Trek conventions are now. Oh, pay extra to do the picture, pay extra to do the special cocktail hour and the cast members will walk around i would just say we're doing whatever because this show has meant so much to me um so you I would, would go to the wine tasting with uh penny absolutely yeah absolutely you'd, you'd, you'd put, put out for the uh the wine tasting package with uh penelope widmore with the absolutely. whole widmore family uh maybe see get to see alan dale there uh, Fiona uh, uh, Fanuligan, I believe her. Yeah, that's how her name is pronounced. Um, uh, but now you might listeners, you might be saying, "Well, how's that any different from this thing in Hawaii?" Well, no offense to them. That's that's a. I'm sure there's going to be. I can tell you right now, just because of some of the people connected with putting it together, I know it's a safe bet that one person and his tag along will be there. Uh, you know, for it. You know what? To me, the the fan produced get together sounds awesome. Wrong time of the year, wrong part of the country combined means that's not that's not uh, on the radar. If it was at San Diego Comic Con, other side of the country for me. But the time of year is right. If it's you know on the East Coast, the location is right. <laughs> I'm sure the price will never be good for any of these, but we'll see, I guess. I mean, am I going to put the effort towards a book? Aren't I? It sounded like a great idea uh, 
six weeks ago. Now here it is, you know, this is being released on 8.15. It's being recorded week of. Summer's almost over. You know, that's kind of like a big question mark. It, if that was my way of celebrating the one year, I'd be okay with that too. Um, so we'll see. It's kind of uh, it's kind of open, and um, I'm okay with that. We don't always need a plan, as uh, Lindelof and Hughes taught us. You don't always need to have it all figured out completely. Well, Matt, I think the uh, the best way here is to end with anything you'd like to tell us that you haven't already. <sighs> well, I would just say that podcasting is a wonderful is a wonderful little hobby. Uh, having talked about Lost for all these episodes has been um, has been absolutely a thrill and. Uh, <laughs> Despite all the despite all the work, I definitely would go back uh, and do it again. It's been wonderful hearing from people literally across the across the globe. Um, little notes, longer notes, big notes. Um, it that that's been a thrill as well. Just kind of connecting with people the way we do in this this internet age of uh, you know an email, a tweet, whatever it might be. And uh, I think that's that's in the lost spirit as well. Just some people who don't necessarily know each other still nonetheless coming together and uh and uh you know kind of uh being happy about it having a having a common purpose and uh if that's uh if that's not what lost is about then i don't know what well said all right well pete thank you uh thank you so much for having joined us uh one last time here again i hope that uh, in this past week people have um uh, past month rather hope the people have uh enjoyed your presence because we'll be uh you know we'll be working as uh as has been mentioned before there'll be the star trek essentials podcast which will be uh, uh launching in the next couple of weeks hopefully uh there is going to be the agents of shield podcast and uh both of those um you know you can uh, you can find on itunes uh, Agents of Shield. Uh, the, the the Shield podcast is uh, shieldpodcast.blogspot.com. Star Trek Essentials is Star Trek Essentials.blogspot.com. Uh, and uh, I suppose just like the show Lost, you know, here here I'm putting this podcast to bed, but there's you know all those actors and producers and people went on to the next thing, and uh, I look forward to the uh, you know I look forward to seeing you in in another podcast life, brother. <laughs> you got it. Well, with that, friends, Pete will step away, and uh, now, truly, the last the last portion of the podcast will be recorded, and uh, I, I kind of can't believe it's here. There's a little bit of a uh, little bit of a, a lump in my throat, but a good note to end on will be an email that I received from David. Um, it, it, it's lengthy in its uh, perspective, but I think that um, I read it and I said. This uh, this is this is a good discussion to go out on. So here, uh, first the words of David, who says, in speaking of the of the finale, uh, the show needed someone to be able to explain the nature of the flash forward world to Jack and us. They couldn't create a new character to do this. Too confusing. Could only be interpreted as being God. They couldn't bring back Jacob to do it. Would make him seem too much like God. Desmond couldn't do it elevates him from the other characters and leaves the question of how he could come to know this. 
So, says David as he goes on, the show needed a figure, ideally an authority figure, who could caringly carry the message to Jack, who was struggling to accept it. Christian Shepherd was the obvious choice, even though this involves some sacrifice to consistency. When he talks about, quote, the place you made, close quote, he is distinguishing them from him. He didn't say the place we made. I, says David, feels that the writers would have made this choice deliberately. This is one of the key speeches of the entire series, after all. So Christian Shepherd is there in that place, but was not a party to its creation. He is with the fellowship, but could hardly be said to qualify as one of them, according to the definition he gives Jack of why the characters have found each other. He has full knowledge of the Flash Sideways world's function and of Jack's journey. I also feel it is implied that he knows what is coming next when the characters move on. He is the one who opens the door, after all. David wraps up by saying, I still don't buy this into actually being Jack's father, only the shepherd idea in its physical form. Well, friends, I found that to be an incredible and a a rather profound idea. And I think that he raises an excellent point. I I, I would respond like this. I I can't quibble with the evidence that he cited, this being a place you made, Christian not including himself as part of the you, uh, that it's absolutely true. You know, I'm not an especially religious person, but uh, I I like this path that uh, (laughs) David opens the door and I... I, 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 I'm rather comforted by, by the thoughts that come next. Uh, I agree with David that had the show introduced in, in the form of, uh, of the person who you know, reveals all this to Jack, had that been a new character, it would be a, a poor idea for a variety of reasons. And to suggest that Jack and company were being helped by the Lord God Almighty would have been scandalous and upsetting and necessary. But maybe that is the answer. Lost certainly is multi-faith, and I'm not arguing for you know, a, a particular vision of God. Um, I, I, as I said in the finale podcast, I, I find myself um, buoyed by that stained glass window. I think that it really is uh, It's a wonderful statement to keep in mind in this day and age, the, the multitude of views. And I don't think that it's much of a stretch to think that Jack would be looking for a friendly face, that he would be seeing the friendly face of his father when, in fact, the person on the other end of that conversation might have been, quote-unquote, our father in the, in, in the religious sense. Here, the show is in its final moments. It's the last chance to say something of importance. If the message is that after life, we are able to meet our loved ones again and then gaze upon the friendly, familiar, yet new face of our maker, I'm profoundly comforted by that idea. With that, friends, thank you so much for your continued listenership, for your continued conversation. Reach out anytime, though this is uh, 
first appearing online on 8-15-2013. The goal is it'll be up there forever. Say hello, email, tweet, call the listener line, comment on the webpage, perhaps whatever whatever future modes of communication are out there. Do do be in touch. If, uh, if there's one lesson from the show, it's that uh, we're all connected on some level. So do take care, each and every one of you. And bye-bye.